You're welcome to turn to Matthew chapter 5 this morning. That'll be our passage. Uh, the times I've had the opportunity to share these last uh, few times, I've been trying to take a message from the Sermon on the Mount. And this morning, we'll uh, take a message from there. Uh, pour on the salt, flip on the light. We've maybe heard the phrase at different times, you can impress people from a distance, but you can impact them up close. You can impress people from a distance, but you can impact them up close. And, you know, God's given us opportunities to, to be involved in life of others. And uh, our goal, hopefully, is that we can impact lives. We can be people that pull in close to, to our circle of influence and encourage them in truth and be salt and light. And that'll be our challenge this morning as we look at this uh, on the screen and in your Bibles, Matthew 5, verses 13 through 16. I'd like to read this passage this morning. Uh, you're welcome to follow along. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You're the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. Matthew 5. Now, I'd also like to just share it with you this morning in, a, in another paraphrase, and that, of course, is the message. So that'll come up on the screen as well, and it just kind of uh, helps us see this passage uh, as well. So I'd like to read it to you. It says, let me tell you why you're here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the, good flav the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light. Bring out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as the city on a hill. If, if I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives by opening up to others. You'll prompt people to open up with God, the generous Father in heaven. Salt and light, we see in this passage. As the body of Christ, as Christians, this is in your introduction, we must be unique in this world. Like salt, we're to permeate our society. And like light, we're to radiate our society. We're to be salt for the world's corruption and light for the world's confusion. Think of that. We're, the, the world around us is corrupt and we're to pour on the salt. The world around us is confused. We're to pour on the light. So as we look at this, these two qualities will come out in this message, hopefully. And they're, they're challenges that, that, that Jesus gives us to, to, uh, to live out, to be uh, involved in the lives of those that we touch. We're to impact those 
uh, that we touch with these two symbols, with these two qualities. So, so let's look at the first one, salt, uh, this morning. We're to be the salt of the earth. Now, what's salt about? You know, we, we use it in different ways. I know, uh, as I remember back to my early childhood, uh, salt was something we used to clear the roads in northeast Ohio. In fact, it seemed like from November to uh, sometimes in the April, salt would cover the roads. And in fact, that salt would often uh, uh, permeate and, and penetrate into uh, the vehicles we drive, and uh, we would have rust uh, on our cars. Some of you maybe aren't familiar with rust. I remember my little nephew one time, uh, we brought our car uh, down here when we lived in Ohio, and he said, what's all that on your car, Uncle Gary? I said, well, that's rust. He had never seen rust. Uh, but anyway, uh, a little side to it. In fact, one thing we used to use salt for, this was pretty cool. We loved to play basketball. My parents uh, were uh, uh, cool that they put a hoop up in our yard, in our, in our driveway. And uh, we, we cleared the driveway in the wintertime with snow shovels. But one time, I remember specifically that there was salt, on, or not salt, there was ice on the driveway. So what we chose to do was go inside and get my, my mom's Morton salt. And, and this is true. We poured that onto the, the ice, and the ice started to, to melt, and then we'd chip it away with a snow shovel and clear our driveway. That's uh, something uh, maybe you never thought about doing. But, but what I say that for is salt is distinctive. It's, it's a totally different uh, food group than all the others. Um, and, and it's used to, to, uh, to, to bring good taste to a juicy burger. And it's, it's distinct. It, 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 it makes a difference when it's used. And as the church, as followers of Christ, we're to be distinctive as well. We're to function like salt in the world. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we read, Therefore, if any man's in Christ, he is a new creature. The old has gone and the new has come. And when you become a follower of Christ, your, your desire should be that you become salty to the earth. You, you've been given a new nature uh, through your union with Christ. And you're to, to, to live out Jesus. And you're to pour on the salt. You're to be so uh, distinctive with your life that people see a difference. That you taste different. And as I think of the scriptures and how they help us, I think of a, of a passage that comes to mind, and that's Romans 12. And I know in a couple of weeks, Brian will be coming back into Romans, but, but, but that Romans 12, verse 2, tells us to not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. And, and we're not to let the world squeeze us in. We're to, to live out the truth. We're to be distinctive with our lives, that we live and act differently. Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians, this is on, on the screen here, but this, this, this whole idea of how we're to be different, where we're told to come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Don't touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. So again, there's a difference with how we live. We live separate lives. We're distinct. James, another passage that helps us with this. Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit the widows 
the orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. You see, there's a difference. You, you, you have a heart for, 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 uh, for, for homeless kids, for orphans, and then you have uh, a heart for the widow in the local church. And, and again, as we think of this, the world should benefit by the difference we shed in light and salt to those around us. We're, we're distinctively different. Salt's also a preservative. A preservative. Um, it keeps things from going bad. In fact, it cleanses us. It disinfects us. I, I know a, a method that uh, was used growing up was we'd gargle salt water when we'd have sore throats. That was just, we didn't go to the doctor. I'll just drink some salt, we didn't drink it, and we just gargled it. But it, but it was a, a helpful thing. It acted as, a, as, as an antiseptic to, to, to clear out the, 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 the germs and, and such. Um, tropical countries, uh, there's no refrigeration oftentimes. And, and those who, who uh, in order to keep meat, they rub salt and keep it from going bad. It, it allows it from not spoiling. And see, that's what salt is. As salt, we're, we, we, we're preservers of the truth. Um, you, you know, Christians are to be in close contact with, with sinful people in the world. And, and really, we have the opportunity to keep the world from progressing further into sin and despair. Without our presence, the world would degenerate at an even faster rate. So we're moral antiseptic. We keep the corruption of society at bay by opposing moral decay by, their, by our lives and by our words. And, and again, we have this opportunity, this responsibility to, to, to be distinctive as salt, to be preserving as salt. Um, in, in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22, we read this. Since you have been purified... Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit and sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart, having been born again not of corruptible seed but of an incorruptible through the word of God which lives and abides forever. So again, there's a, a fervent love that, that, that allows uh, the church to preserve and us to, to help those that we come in contact with to be uh, preserving in their lives. So, so we're, we're distinctive as salt. We're, we preserve as salt. And then salt penetrates. Salt penetrates. Uh, salt inserts a new quality into lives. In fact, salt changes whatever it touches. Um, I love bananas. I'm told by my mom when I was four years old, I ate six bananas. I know by looking at me, you can't imagine that, but I could probably eat six still. Um, but I remember uh, not too long ago, my wife, uh, we had some um, bananas that were um, just mushy and, and gone bad. And uh, she decided to make some banana bread. And I like banana bread as well. In fact, bananas are 18 cents a pound at Aldi this week. So that's a good price. Uh, that's just a side note. I was there yesterday. Um, but the idea is, I remember she made this banana bread. And, uh, you know, I, I bit into that bread. And, and she had somehow oversalted the bread. And it was, uh, 
not tasty. And I wasn't even one of those kind husbands that just kept eating it. Uh, because, uh, you know, this tastes uh, not so good. But, but I, I say that because salt is such a penetrator. Uh, it penetrates. Uh, and again, where to be penetrators with our lives? Where to, where to, where to make people thirsty? Think about this. When people are around you, uh, do they thirst more for the Jesus you claim? Is there something about you that's, man, I just, I want what they have. You know, they, they are just really uh, uh, attractive for Jesus. And we should be so real with Christ that it drives people to drink. In John 7, we're told, if anyone is thirsty, let them come to me and drink. Now, this happens, of course, when we live out the truths of Scripture. I love Galatians 5. I probably used that a hundred times in different challenges that I've given over the years. But I, I love how Galatians 5 tells us that, 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 again, when we're salty, this is what comes out of us. The fruit of the Spirit is, is love, is joy, is peace, is long-suffering, is kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such, there is no law. So again, are we penetrating with these fruits? Are we so salty that these are what come out of our lives that, that, that people want what we have? Give me some of that. And see, the company of followers of Christ, the company of Jesus' followers, gives flavor and joy to the world. And as Christians, we have the function to provide flavor and taste to the world. The gospel that's, that's changed us gives us that hope, gives us that, that heart to be flavor, to be influential, to take those lost, bland, hopeless lives and give them Jesus. And then another thought to this. Salt spreads. Salt spreads. A sprinkle of salt has a widespread effect. And when we're walking with Christ, our salt spreads far and wide. I'm thankful for our church that seems to spread far and wide as we sprinkle salt. We sprinkle it here in Cleveland County. We sprinkle it uh, in other parts of the world. And that's what we're to be doing. We're opposing evil. We're promoting good. We're, We're pouring on the salt. You know, in God's grace, there's much good in the world, and it's because the church, the followers of Christ, have been lights, have been salt. And as followers of Christ, we can champion causes and bring out good as we touch people with our salt. In 1 Peter, I love to get lots of scriptures. I figure you can't go wrong with scriptures, so here's another one for us this morning. It says this, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. And always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks your reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. You know, think about that. Has anybody ever asked you, you know, well, what's distinct about you? What's different about you? What, what is it that makes you different to where, you know, you can give a reason for the hope that's in you? Where to be different. We're to, be, we're, to be, we're to spread out and, and touch lives. And then one more, when we think of this idea of salt, salt's unstoppable. 
You just, once it's poured on there, you just can't take it back. Uh, there's no turning back. You're going to taste it. The psalmist tells us, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. So when people bite into you, what do they taste? Now, think about this as we, before we go to light this morning. Um, the place of salt. You know, where are we to be salt? And we touched on this a little bit, but I remember uh, several years ago when uh, we had a youth pastor here named Neil Perry. Some of you remember Neil Perry, a uh, great guy. But, you know, Neil, I remember, challenged us uh, one time with our oikos, our oikos. And, you know, that was one of those words. Neil, Neil liked to come and get those words that just challenged us. And, and oikos, of course, as he taught us, was a Greek term. It is a Greek term. And, and the, the idea of our oikos is that's our circle of influence, our circle of influence. So what is our place of ministry when it comes to salt? Well, it's here in Shelby, of course. As a church, we take the message outward. We're to do that. Um, but, but we're not to be bland and tasteless as we live out our salt. We're to, to go into our circle and be available with Christ to show him off. And I think sometimes as, as followers of Christ, and, and this seems to happen the, the further and further we get along in our Christian walk, we already think we're safely and secure home in heaven. You know, we think, well, am I, I'm saved. You got your fire insurance and, you know, you're not really too concerned anymore about evangelism and maybe your oikos, those people in your circles. And, and that, that should not be. Um, you know, pay attention to the earth's decay and corruption. We're called to be salt. And then I think sometimes, too, when we think about this, uh, there's a sense in which the church just becomes a salt factory. In the world, in, in the marketplace out there, we just kind of stay in our little circle. I like to call it our holy huddle. You know, it's you know, four and no more, and we just kind of become inclusive at times. You know, and we store all the salt here and aren't willing to sprinkle it out there. And, and, you know, it's hard sometimes because lives are messy. Our lives are messy. Who's kidding who? But it's very important that we, we get out of those uh, circles that are just us and no more and think of those who we need to be salt to, salt and light. Um, Jesus told us, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Be a harvester, be a laborer. He also said, in still four months, and then comes the harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are all ready for harvest. God wants us to do that and be faithful in it and don't grow weary in it and, and never stop until God calls us home. So that's the idea of, of our place when it comes to this salt. And then there's also our mission to it. And uh, the mission, of course, is, is, is the world that's out there. We're to be salt. We're to penetrate. We're to flavor. But in order for this really to truly happen, of course, we need to be salty ourselves. Salty ourselves. Don't lose your flavor. Uh, uh, 
Mark tells us that. And, and, and then just spread it out to that circle that we're called to. Um, you're the salt of the earth. If the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by man. So I'm reminded, and then we're going to move into light for a few minutes, but I'm reminded how uh, Paul was, was, was overwhelmed. Paul was hurt a season in his life because there was a fella in his life at one time that was salty with him, and his name was Demas. We read about him in 2 Timothy 4, verse 10, where, where he grieves over the fact that Demas loved the world and had deserted him and gone back to Thessalonica. And, and again, finish well, be faithful to, to where we're to be salty, and, and don't uh, uh, ever stop spreading your salt. So where is that for you this morning? Stay on the mission God has for you. Be salty. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer everyone. Colossians 4, 6. Be that salt. So we impact with salt. And then secondly, we impact with, with light. With light. You're the light of the world, church. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. You know, I was thinking about this when I was preparing this for, for a uh, the message this morning, you know, in First John, God tells us that He's light, and then in in John eight twelve, Jesus says, "I am the light," and now what's He telling us here in in Matthew five that we're the light? So think about that. That's a that's a great uh, belief in us that we're right there with with God being light, Jesus is light, and now we're light. So, so we're identified with God, and what an enormous opportunity and, and responsibility we have to, to, to go into the darkness. And, and, and he's planted this church to be a light. We're people who make up this church to go out and be light. So, so what's light do? Well, you know this. Without uh, the light on today, it'd be dark. In fact, some of you may wish it was a little brighter in here so you could see your notes. Um, but the idea here, when I think of light, what's it? It, it reveals. It reveals. Um, um, Jesus, when he saved us, when he uh, came into our life and took up residence in our life, he became truth in us. But that's the only way through him. John 14, 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father except through me. And when we're salt and light in this world, it's impossible to be that unless you know the Lord, unless you become a follower of Christ, unless you come to him. Light reveals. Light also guides. Light directs the path that we travel you know, Jesus gives us such wisdom and direction when we walk in the light of his word. He gives us uh, direction for career sometimes, direction on, on how to do family, how to do church, how to do workplace. You know, that's what's great about the word of God. It, it's, a, it's a guider for us. You know, Paul tells us in Ephesians 5 that you were once darkness, but now you're light in the world. So walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit in all 
goodness, righteousness, and truth. So we're, we're to let God guide us. I remember a Sunday school class I had as a young one. Um, John Palmer, I can still remember, he brought in a little light for us in an object lesson. Uh, and, and the light, it was actually a, a little candle stand. And I remember he, he, he turned out the lights in the building at the time. And, and he uh, lit the candle. And he showed us how that light was helpful, but how that light would only guide us on the path that was right ahead of us. And I, I remember as he talked further on this, he, he said, what's cool about it, God doesn't show us the whole path, but we just need to keep taking one step at a time and just let that light just lead us and guide us. And I just, I remember how that impacted me as he taught us on, on light. And, and of course, he used this verse, Psalm 119, 105, that your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. Again, he, he has challenged us, hey, be a, be a person that you let God direct you and, and let his light direct you. And then you can direct others. So light guides us. Light strips away darkness and enlightens. I've come to, as a light into the world, John 12 says, that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. So again, as followers of Christ, as the light has been turned on your life because of Christ, you know, you're no longer walking in darkness. He saves us as a, as a church to proclaim and live out the light. And then light clears away the chaos. Light clears away the chaos. Um, you know, when there's no light, it's, it's hard to get around, isn't it? You know, sometimes we, we lose power. Uh, uh, as a as a youth pastor years ago, we did something probably we shouldn't have done. And uh, on New Year's Eve, we always had a an all nighter at church, and uh, we we basically did it because with the teenagers at the time, uh, we wanted to keep them off the street on New Year's Eve. So we just opened up the church and 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 had a, a time with them. And sometimes, uh, well, one time specifically, I remember what we did was. Uh, we played hide-and-seek in the church. Wasn't that awful? A Baptist church, too. Now, i got to tell you, this was one of those churches that, you know, it wasn't modern. You know, it was one of those old, like a, maybe a First Baptist downtown. Um, just, you know, lots of rooms, lots of closets. And, and we turned off all the lights, and we played hide-and-seek. And you talk about chaos, uh, for a couple hours, and, and, and what really got hard was it was hard to find everybody. We didn't have the sense to just turn on the lights. Um, but I tell you that because light clears away chaos. In fact, as I think further, we had some rough kids. You know, nothing, nothing like Christian had. Christian's got angels. Um, but but I remember we had we had a kid smoking in the baptist baptistry, and I'm thinking, man, I'm going to get fired from here. So. Uh, Come to find out it was my wife. No, it wasn't. I promise. It was not her. It was not her. See, I didn't have that in my notes. So um, my, my idea is, but it was chaos. It was chaos in, until we turn, out, turn on the lights. And light clears away chaos. It clears away chaos. I love this verse from, from, from Paul in Philippians. That you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights 
in the world. And then light discerns between right and wrong. Discerns between right and wrong. Jesus spoke to them again saying, I'm the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. People who walk in the light are, are, are good at distinguishing right and wrong. In fact, I like people who walk in the light because they speak light to you. They speak out life to us, actually. And, and again, light is, is so good when it comes to warning the dangers that lie ahead that are on the path out there. So light discerns between right and wrong. Salt and light. Now, of course, we said, where are we to be salt? Well, where are we to be light? And it kind of goes along with that. But, but the world has no light. We, we know that. And we're to be that light. It, it, it's so, so vital for us to shine wherever God placed us. us. The, the home we live in, the place we work, the restaurants we, we frequent, we're to shine, we're to be different than the world. You know, if people of this world lie and we lie, what's the difference? If, if they do a sloppy job and we do a sloppy job, what, what's the difference? If we complain and murmur at work and they complain and murmur at work, what, what's the difference? If they don't love their spouses and we don't love our spouse, what's the difference? If we're lazy, you get the idea? If we're lazy, they're lazy, what's the difference? And I say all this to make us think, how are we really shining? We cannot benefit the world when we're like the world. And as followers of Jesus, we're to be reflectors of him. Let your light shine. I know uh, for several years, we used to have Christmas Eve. Well, we still have Christmas Eve services. But one service, some services, we would have candlelight services. That's before we got the carpet and we were worried about all that wax and, and such. But, but I remember we'd, we'd often let uh, Preacher Brendel lead out when it came to the, to the candlelight service. And we'd, we'd turn out all the lights. So uh, it was a little weird at first. But then he'd light his candle. And then he'd pass his candle on to someone else. And then we'd all start passing our candles around. And then that light got so bright. And then we'd sing Silent Night typically too when we were uh, lighting our candles. And then he'd say, okay, raise them up. And then when we raised them up, it really kind of, you know, the room got bright. And he said, okay, put them back down. And he drew the picture of when you're, when you're letting your light shine and when we do it together and we're impacting together, what a difference we make. I'm, I'm thankful for, for family members, for church family members who are out there helping us let the light shine. And that's what we're to be doing as his church. Our mission is to be the light of the world. You know, we're almost done, but as I think of Paul, and I think of something that uh, he was commissioned with in the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 26, we read this, I am sending you to the Gentiles to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan into God. And Paul was given that commission to go to the Gentile people. And we're given that same commission. The Gentile people are lost people. And we're to be light reflectors to them. 
Now, the world needs to see something different. We've challenged with that. Um, when we let our light shine, that literally means we, we let our good works be seen. And, and when we do that, we're, we're living out a spirit-filled life. And, and shining for the church consists of doing good works that God enables us to do. So the world needs to see something different in our lives. And then the world needs to see that our goal is to glorify God. And we see this in the last part of verse 16. When we do good works that God's called us to do, we allow the world to see the light of Jesus in our lives. That's the purpose of being salt in life. We're to have the goal of glorifying God and we're to be different. So, application. Take some time with me this morning as you reflect, as we reflect. Because, you know, I thought, where am I salt? Where am I light? And then I even said this to myself. I said, who do I know that's not a follower of Christ? Think about that. And I, and I said to my wife, I said, who's in our life these days that is, is not a believer? Is not a, a follower. And I thought, you know, right, that's pretty, and I'm confessing this to you, that I really don't, you know, the people I hang out with are church people. You know, I typically go to lunch with, with a, a believer. Or I, uh, the, the people in my neighborhood that I talk to, I already know where they are with the Lord. And I thought, you know, is there anybody in my life right now that I can be salt and light to? And I thought, well, that needs to change. In fact, I, I talked to my son who lives in Hawaii. I said, Dad, Dad, he, Dad, Dad, what are you preaching on tomorrow? I said, salt and light. He goes, well, and Josh is one of those ones who says, well, who's salt and light in your life? I said, I'm glad you live in Hawaii. <laughs> uh, um, I'm really not. I wish he lived close. Um, but the idea of it was, you know, who is in our lives that we know uh, to take the light of the gospel too. And we, we need to have people like that. And we, of course, need the church and need people to, to do life with and to encourage us, but, but we're to be senders. We're to be goers. So, so examine that this morning as you think through that. And listen to what he says to us. Uh, I'd like to close with just this one last passage. Do everything. And again, this is how we're lights, without grumbling or arguing, so that you may be blameless and pure, Children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. Let your light shine. So we pour on the salt, we flip on the light. Let's pray. Lord, I want to thank you that you've showed us this in your word to be salt and light. You've showed us, Lord, what our calling is as a church. We're to let our light shine. We're to let it shine till Christ comes back. So, God, I just pray as we uh, go into this time of invitation and, and, and reflect on, on some things maybe from this message, maybe we've realized that we're just not salty enough. We're not bright enough with our light. And, and Lord, we, we want to change that. Lord, we want to make a difference. We want to uh, impact people. You know, it's sometimes easy to impress with our, our bank accounts or the place we live or even maybe the church we go to. But, Lord, are we really impacting lives for your glory? So I just pray as we uh, examine ourselves and let your truth speak to us, 
may we allow you to work in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you stand with me? Matt's going to lead us in a song. Uh, maybe you want.